0: 50 for details.
1: The other side podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender, and equality. Welcome, thanks for joining us for another episode of The Other Side Podcast I'm Scott Kirk and Lucas is on assignment today But joining me in studio, we have Erica Thompson Who is the assistant editor of Columbus Alive Magazine And John Sherman Lathrum, who is from the North London Area Commission And John has been in the neighborhood of North London for over 20 years now And first of all, thank you guys for coming on the show Thank you Um, for having us Thank you. So Erica wrote a story. You wrote a story that ran in Columbus Alive last month, and it's basically about the dollar store um, and the dollar store's impact in communities and its impact on food security, insecurity, I guess. And does it contribute to it or is it actually helpful? And I know, John, you've been doing a lot of work in concerning this issue, but I just want to start off. First of all, Erica, how did you. Stumble across the story, what made you want to write about it?
2: Yeah, so my editor had been following a national story, actually. There's a nonprofit advocacy group called the Institute for Local Mm Self-Reliance. You can learn more at ilsr.org. And they did a report in December 2018 about the impact of dollar stores on low-income, food-insecure neighborhoods. And there's actually been some legislation that different cities are passing to try to limit the Number of stores because they're finding that they're contributing to the closing of independent grocery stores. And then also, I mean, they don't have a lot of healthy options. So, you know, they're contributing, they're further increasing the food insecurity in these neighborhoods. So we thought we wanted to see what that looked like here in Columbus, Ohio. And we know that the Linden area has, it's in economic decline. And actually, the city came up with the one Linden plan to try to address some of those issues. And with Kroger, the only full service grocery store in Linden, leaving in January of 2018, we thought that there might be something going on there with dollar stores. So for my story, um, I looked at all six family dollars and one dollar mm-hmm. general in the span of less than three miles and talked to residents and officials about the issue in Linden.
1: So, John, I know that you have personally done some research to kind of see what the impact is. Overall, what's your opinion on these stores in the community? Is it beneficial or is it more detrimental? I feel that it is more
0: detrimental. We have, as Erica said, six in our neighborhood. And the options within the store, That the stores are predominantly not following health code. There's issues with packaging and where chemicals are stored next to foods. A lot of times the coolers are broke down. Now they're selling cigarettes and some are selling liquor. I would think a better option would be to offer fresh produce, fresh dairy products. Since the six have opened, as Erica said, we have lost our Kroger's, mm-hmm. that it was the only store in Linden that was full service. The thing also, again, with um, the dollar stores and family dollar in general, is that they don't offer Complete services such as banking and pharmacy, Hoda bus passes, and things like that in in our neighborhood, and we don't have access to that in our neighborhood anymore.
1: So you attribute Kroger leaving the neighborhood to these stores. In essence, these stores caused Kroger to leave. Is that what you believe? From my research that I have across the country, in
0: Kansas City, there's a there was a study done, and that the independent stores are being closed. Like in our neighborhood, the IGAs are really struggling right now. Finding financially because of the family dollar stores but I think across especially in rural America and the poor communities research has shown that these abundance of dollar stores are causing the larger chains to disappear off the landscape
1: so let me just ask a basic question if these family dollar stores close tomorrow in Linden what would the people in the neighborhood do because Kroger isn't there right they're not going to come back tomorrow so these stores close where does that leave the people that actually live there We would be up a creek without a paddle, basically.
0: I know we're getting a Suraga opening on May 17th in Linden and that will serve the international community at large or all of the community at large, but if potato chips and pop is your only food choice. I guess that's all you're going to have to eat. But I think we deserve better options than that.
1: So I've seen this firsthand. I'm originally from Dayton, Ohio, and Dayton has experienced the same thing. And and what basically what I see going on there is Kroger is is one of the, the largest full service grocers in the city. And they've closed several stores in low income and predominantly black and brown communities and open stores in the suburbs. And I think what they figured is people still have to eat. They'll just drive. They're just making people drive further or catch the bus or whatever they have to do to get to to their stores to get their groceries. So I wonder and the reason they cite, at least in Dayton's situation, is that it's it's basically comes down to the money. Right. They're moving to more profitable, more affluent areas. So which from a business standpoint, you can understand why they would want to do that. I mean, that that doesn't help the communities, but they're doing what they need to do to meet their bottom line. So I guess if the bigger full service stores are moving out and people still have to eat, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Isn't Dollar General actually providing a needed service? I'm not disagreeing with you that, yes, they don't provide. There's no pharmacy. There's no fresh produce. But without them, there'd be nothing so then I'm posing that question to both of you
2: yeah I mean they do provide a need and especially like aside from food if you want to get household items you know at a lower cost they do and I don't think I mean John you can jump in here that folks are advocating for the stores to be closed there may be some legislation introduced to limit the number of stores but we need more options other than the dollar stores. so the community has stepped up and there are like gardens and there are produce drops and produce stands but as I mentioned in the article, there's a problem sustaining those efforts especially when funding runs out so we just need something in addition to the dollar stores and one opinion that I really like from someone that I interviewed at the Kerwin Institute here in Columbus is that Linden needs affordable housing, more stable housing and jobs and then if folks had those things then they would have more purchasing power for a bigger grocery store to come back.
0: The other thing I feel about the family dollars or those types of stores is what they give to the community in return which is basically nothing Mm -hmm. Um, the properties for the most part are filthy the conditions are horrible there's trash the jobs that they do offer are probably minimum wage at best I went in in the winter and actually applied for a position just to kind of see what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I offered. I said I could pass a drug test, right? Then in there, I could pass, you know, a background check. I went in the back to do my drug test, and the back room was absolutely horrific. I have seen food pantries run better. I have seen I mean it's just deplorable and I think just because somebody is underserved whether you're black or brown or poor we do deserve better I think humanity does deserve more in the way of proper nutrition as you know Linden has one of the highest infant mortality rates in Columbus and we need to be able to get we are Columbus is partnering with Celebrate One and Smart Columbus to ensure that pregnant women do get the proper nutrition and get adequate care for their children but I think family dollars And the dollar generals need to change their business model so that it reflects more of the community and that Mm -hmm. they return they give something back to the community. They're just taking dollars from us and we're
1: not getting anything back. So I was thinking about these questions and the topic. I wondered if this, in some ways, is not elitist argument, and I, I'm speaking for myself included, because let's—I just assume that everybody in this room, we have the option to go grocery shopping wherever we choose to, because we we have the money, we have transportation, and so it's it's it may be easy for us to say, well, we should just close those dollar stores because they're terrible, and because it's very easy for us to just go somewhere else. But that's not what I'm saying. Okay. Set me straight. (laughs) No, I'm not
0: saying to close them. I think they need to be regulated. They need to, again, change the business model to give something back to the community. I actually just got a car two months ago. So the family dollar was literally two blocks from my house. And I would I use it still for toiletries and whatnot. But
1: when you say give back to the community, what specifically did you have in mind? Do
0: produce drives for the neighborhood. Participate more in the community events. We're having a 5K run in Linden. I would like to see them as a sponsor, perhaps. I've approached them at numerous times over the five years that they've been on close to my house for sponsorship for various Linden events. Never once have I got anything from corporate saying, "Sure, we'll be we'll participate."
1: In terms of the the sanitation and the uh, the cleanliness of the properties, have you communicated that to? anybody on the corporate level and if you did what was what was their response?
0: Most definitely we had uh, the two of them were closed for a period. One was closed for nine months the one on Hudson and 71 the other one on Republican Cleveland Avenue was closed about four months. I reported it to the health department and I reported it to corporate. I went in and took pictures and sent them to corporate So said this isn't acceptable in our neighborhood. This, And we know I hear it from other people that knows this is a pet peeve of mine as you said in other neighborhoods they're spotless, they're clean, the employees are usually not under the influence of something. So, it's an issue in poor neighborhoods of how they keep their, their property, their business, and what they offer.
2: Yeah, I just want to jump in here. So, there's also a resident of Linden, Luster Singleton, who has been doing these videos around Linden, documenting the state of the family dollars. Mm-hmm. And since the story ran, they have done another video at one of the locations to say they're seeing a little bit of improvement. I also got a text message from another resident who said, hey, this one store, we see a little bit of improvement here but we've seen that in the past and then it kind of just goes back to the way that it was and if... I understand the argument that maybe we can't force businesses to change their model. We can't force them to participate more in the community. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then I guess my question is to the city of Columbus, what do we do? I mean, because we know that Linden is economically disadvantaged because of a history of systemic racism. So if these dollar stores are coming in and they're contributing to the closing of grocery stores, stores, then what is the city's responsibility to come in and provide alternatives to the residents? And as we mentioned, there is a Saraga grocery store coming in, but that store is going to have some challenges ahead in terms of, you know, if they're going to get enough business, we just have to kind of wait and see how they will do. And in the face of these dollar stores here, which people do shop at because it's close, it's convenient, you know, is Saraga going to be able to survive? So again, my question to the city is, you know, what is your response? ability to help with this issue
1: well John you're on the North London area Commission what's the Commission doing and have they have they approached the city with these concerns, and what was the city's response?
0: At this point, it's all about research right now. I'm looking at what other cities are doing across the country to legislate the number of stores. I think six and three miles is way too many. I think you can walk to one in 15 minutes, one to the next. So what we would like to do, we have not really directly approached city council, but I think being able to legislate the number of them in, in any vicinity, as well as... Make sure that they are up to code, both, you know, health code and just building code.
1: Have you guys thought about trying to attract another full service grocer? come back into the community. I mean, you're probably not going to get Kroger's to come back, but there are other full-service grocers. Have you guys tried to work that angle of it? I think council has approached other
0: stores that are not located in Ohio. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, what the outcome is. You know, we do have the Aldi on 71 and Hudson Street, but again, if you're an elderly person and you take the bus there, you still have a quarter mile to walk with bags of groceries, you know, to get your groceries home. And this is where smart Columbus is trying to work with transportation development in Columbus and get that quarter mile, that last mile taken care of via alternative transportation modes.
1: Now, Erica, I know you talked to some people who who are customers of these stores and I know a couple of them basically said hey that's that's my store that's where I I get my stuff from I like it they seem they don't seem to to have a problem with it I wonder did you get a sense of is that the majority of the people in the in the neighborhood or is it kind of split or
2: Yeah it's a mixture I mean there are people who you know, they don't have a problem with it because they're able to get a ride with family or get a ride with friends to other Kroger's like the Kroger on Morse Road or the Kroger in Graceland. Some do catch the bus. But again, if they have to go to their job, if they have to go get child care, it becomes too much of a hassle. So it's it really depends on your access to transportation at this point. So I, I feel like it's a it's a mix. But I will also mention that in kind of talking to the community, there were people who were we're like, well, I really don't want to talk about the food issue. I want to talk about my slumlord. So, again, I think that goes back to the issue of stable housing and then also access to jobs. Those are problems that we kind of have to look at, too, to help with this issue.
1: So, John, ideally... If you could see a vision for the neighborhood in, in relation to this issue, what would that be? I would like to see more mom and pop stores open up, to be honest. The, the smaller
0: IGAs, these small markets. I know that's what they're, they're hoping to happen in what is proposed to be the downtown Linden. Along with that though, even outside of the grocery stores are food choices going out is all fast food and not good for us either so we would also like to see healthier restaurants and again access to produce unfortunately we live in ohio so our fresh produce is six months of the year yeah I'm trying to start something up where we can start teaching people how to cook again and be more fiscally responsible with their money. You can a bag of flour can make pasta and a dozen eggs makes a whole lot of pasta and I know people say they don't have the time but I've I've learned personally I'm not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination I've learned to make the time to make my food dollars stretch and I think a lot of it is education with the community and you know going on with the slum lords and everything if we don't have healthy housing and um, a healthy walkability factor in our neighborhood. Stores aren't going to want to come into our neighborhood, and that lies a problem. And I think we need to get counsel on getting more incentives to get these, you know, a fresh time into our neighborhood. I personally know people that would shop at those stores. Fresh time to me is not a high-end store like a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods or anything like that. We just don't have the options that most other communities do. And same thing, the same discussion is happening over on the hilltop as well. So we just need to get better options, get our city officials to give people a reason to come to Linden and up shop.
1: Is this something that you think will improve as the neighborhood such as housing? Because uh, I mean, these are uh, systemic issues. They're they're interconnected. But these are not things that are just going to happen overnight. Right. It, it takes a long time to to change the sort of the, the makeup, the fabric of the neighborhood to some extent. In the meantime, in the short term, I don't know what can be done. Is there anything that can be done? Those are great ideas that you mentioned. But and I think you even touched on this, Erica, in your article where there have been other things like, you know, fresh produce markets. I think you even cited a free fresh produce market. But those things don't seem to be able to be self-sustaining for very long. One, why do you think that is and how could that change, I guess?
2: Well, I think money <laughs> is the primary answer. So, like the St. Stephen's Community Center, they had a really cool urban garden going on, but they've mentioned that they just hit a wall with lack of funding. And the other organization that just does it out of their own pockets is called Food Not Bombs. Um, they set up a stand in South London every Saturday. So there are like a lot of the these little community organizations helping out with the issue, but I mean, some of them do depend on funding from the city. So that's something else that the city can look at is making sure that they're sustaining these efforts. But to go back to, like you said, it's such a it's a systemic issue. It's so overwhelming. Well, the city's One Linden plan um, that they released in 2018, they did a remarkable job of addressing the scope of the issue. Like a lot of the stats that I got about the neighborhood are from that plan, and it was. Extensive research, So I want to see, you know, what are the next steps? And if we know that, you know, we need more stable housing or we need more jobs, then what are concrete steps that they would like to take next? And I think that's um, very doable for them. And Saraga has promised to like, in addition to setting up the grocery store, which will provide jobs to the neighborhood, they have additional space in their building to incubate small businesses. And they've done some of this at their location on Morse Road. So I think that's a great idea and I think that the city and the city does have plans to partner with them in that Mm -hmm. so I would like to see the city helping residents you know start their own businesses um, so they can you know sustain themselves economically so yeah I think that's one way to start.
0: That whole shopping center there where Siragas will be opening has a huge opportunity to have small markets and every single empty store there could have an Asian restaurant, a Mexican restaurant, anything. Um, We've got some Great Somali markets coming up, and we have a lot of people interested in starting businesses of that nature in Linden. So we're hopefully working with the business community to um, foster those that growth.
1: John, you've been in the in the neighborhood in the community for a long time. Are you optimistic about its future?
0: I participated in the development of the one Linden plan, and I have to say that as long as I've seen we've had two other redevelopment plans made up for Linden, this was done completely different. We had a lot of community input. We had dozens of meetings with the community, faith-based groups, business leaders, and I think they went about it the right way. I just don't want to see it sit on the shelf and gather dust like it has in the past.
1: Yeah. One last question to you, Erica, what did you learn in writing this story that that Surprised you the most
2: Well I think the extent Of the state of London I mean it was really helpful To go and talk to people And you know get first hand accounts Of how bad it is And then also In looking at the numbers And I have some of them here 45% of Linden lives below the poverty line There's a 12.8% unemployment rate We talked about the high infant mortality rate There's a high rate of diabetes The life expectancy is 8 years shorter Than uh, the Franklin County average So I think that was the most surprising to me To see the extent of the problem And, you know, it's interesting Because, you know, I've talked to other reporters Who have reported on Linden 30 years ago Mm -hmm. And these same problems exist. So, you know, I want to have hope that it will change, but it's been going on for so long. So I think that just like I said, just the the scope of the problem was the thing that surprised me the most.
1: Okay. well, John, I I just want to thank you for coming in and, and talking to us and sharing your experience. And thanks for your work in the community and the neighborhood. Please Keep us posted. Come back and let us know if things are getting better or they're getting worse. we um, Will do. Thanks for having me. We definitely want to stay on top of this issue. And, of course, Erica, thank you for I just want to note that Columbus is Live is our sister publication, so please, please, please go check out Erica's article. It's on the Live's website, and it ran last month. And she's got a lot of information, a lot more stats. And So if you want to learn more about this issue, that's definitely the, uh, the place to check it out. And I um, just want to thank both of you guys for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, please visit columbusalive.com. And then just, you know, listeners here in the city, you can hold the city accountable. Contact your city officials to stay on top of this issue and then also the One Linden Plan. But thank you so much for having me.
1: And before I'd be remiss to, John, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Or what do you suggest they do if they have concerns and they want to want the commission to address those concerns? Since I chair, you could email me directly at
0: j o h n dot l a t h r a m at gmail.com, and I will do my best to uh, get you where you need to go and to the right officials.
1: All right. well thank you and thanks again For um, those of you out there tuning in Don't forget we love to hear from our listeners So please check us out on our Facebook page At facebook slash groups Slash other side podcast Or you can always hit us up on twitter At other side underscore POD And uh, there you'll find a bunch of photos And old episodes and you can submit Questions or suggestions to us We'd love to hear from you but until then Until the next time try to see things From the other side thanks